and all of our hopes, all of our fears are held in him. Now, I could go on for the next 15 minutes just quoting Queen Elizabeth, um, but you've all got access to Google, I'm sure. You can um, Google them. But there is no doubt in my mind that she was a committed follower of Jesus who loved God with all that she was, with her heart, her soul, her mind, and her strength, right until her final day. She didn't retire from being the queen. She didn't retire from following Jesus. She led as she was ordained to do until it was time for her to meet her maker. As we look this month as as a community of what it means to love God with our everything, with all of our hearts, souls, minds, and strength, She is a great example of someone who took that invitation seriously. Just one last quote. In August this year, she said, Throughout my life, the message and the teachings of Christ have been my guide, and I found hope in them. And my prayer is that over this, this season where we reflect on her life, Many hearts in our nation, Pip already prayed it, would recognize and find hope in Jesus. Are the teachings of Jesus Christ the guide for your life? Do we find hope in them? It might be that you're here this morning and you're not sure about Jesus and you have questions about who he is. And Pip mentioned there's a book on the information table called Why Jesus. Do pick that up, but we would also love to talk to you about him. And one of the greatest invitations that he gave to us, which at its inception, thousands of years ago, God made a covenant promise with his people, the Israelites. And that invitation was to love him with all of our hearts, souls, minds, and strength. And last week, if you were here, if not, feel free to catch up on SoundCloud, on Spotify. Um, I talked about that more generally, about what it is to love God with our everything. And I'm just going to bring a bit of focus on that this morning. There's a guy called Paul who was an absolute legend. He um, was apostle of Jesus. He led, pastored, uh, and wrote to the early church. You can read lots of his letters in the New Testament. And he wrote one letter to the church in Rome. And he says this um, in Romans Chapter 12, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. I was reflecting on that at the end of this week, and I think that Queen Elizabeth did exactly that. She took her everyday life. I'm not so sure we can call it ordinary, because I don't think she had an ordinary life. But it was the life that she was living. She took her everyday ordinary life, her sleeping, eating, her going to work, and walking around life, and she absolutely placed it before God as an offering. 
The New Living Translation of those verses says, In view of God's mercy, I urge you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So part of loving God with our everything is giving our lives to him as an offering, living our lives as a living sacrifice for his glory and for his fame. And as I say, I think there's no doubt that the queen saw her life as queen as an offering to God and the people that she served. She was prepared to sacrifice much in order to serve God and the people. She made choices to put others first. You know, you, we, when we think about sacrifice, we might think um, kind of more in economic terms, money. And of course, that probably didn't count for the queen. But she, but sacrifice, I think, encompasses all of our lives, all of the choices that we make, where we might put me in the centre. Instead of that, we put Jesus in the centre. Paul invites the church in Rome and he invites us here today to sacrifice, to live, to give our normal lives to him as an offering, to put him at the centre and not me. When I say not me, I mean not that you're going to put me at the centre of your lives. You know what I mean. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, to love God with your everything is an invitation, I believe, to worship him. To worship him by offering our lives to him sacrificially and living in a way that brings glory and honour to God. Now, I don't know how many of you have read the Westminster Catechism of 1963 to 65. Russ has. In the Westminster Catechism, it's a theological and doctrinal document. Oh, Ben has. Yeah, I I'm not surprised. Um, and it was written by theologians and scholars to, to unite the Church of England and the Church of Scotland. And it states this, that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Which basically means that the theologians that wrote this document concluded, after lots of thought and discussion and prayer and studying of scripture, that the point of human beings' existence is to glorify God, to worship him and to be in relationship with him forever. That's what we were designed for. That is the point. Right from creation. Creation was created to worship God, to love him with our everything. So to worship God, I think, involves loads of different facets. It involves service and it involves adoration. And two of the most common Greek words in the Bible that are translated into worship in English um, refer to service and adoration. Latreia, which means to serve, and proskunio, which means to come towards, to kiss. It gives us the impression, it, it, it highlights to us that worship needs to involve our minds and our strength and our hearts and our souls. To offer our lives as a living sacrifice comes as both sacrificial serving, which I'm going to talk a bit about next week, and worshipping in intimacy. The word proskunio, pros means to come towards, cuneo means to kiss, to come towards, to kiss. Worship must involve intimacy. 
You know, for any of us that have ever loved anybody, we know that love involves intimacy, don't we? To different, for varying different degrees, but it involves intimacy. And when I, when we talk about proscunio in worship, to coming towards to kiss, which it means to kiss the feet, not the cheek. When we kiss someone's cheek, we greet them as an equal, don't we? You might not be very kissy. I'm a little bit kissy. Um, although I do get confused if people go for two cheeks, and I, it's almost like whoa. Um, but, sorry, that wasn't in my notes. Um, <laughs> when you kiss someone on the cheek, you come towards the, you kiss them as equals. In, the, in scripture, when it uses this phrase proscunio, it means a, a kind of a humble subject kiss. It's to kiss the feet. To come towards Jesus and to kiss his feet, not as equals, because God is God and we are not. Eleanor Mumford, who with her husband John oversees the vineyard movement internationally, said this, Worship is the spirit of God fighting in us to get out to tell the Lord how amazing, how good he is. So when we follow Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit living within us, our worship is the Holy Spirit in us fighting to get out to tell God how amazing he is, how good he is. And how do we worship? We worship by living our lives to bring glory to God. That could be loving those around us, caring for our environment, thinking about how we spend our time, energy, and money, what we do with our hearts, souls, minds, and strength, our bodies, how we spend time in his presence, reading our Bibles, praying, singing in worship. Now, some of you are new to the vineyard. You might not know much about it. Um, and in, its, its, in its infancy, the vineyard became quite well known for its sung worship. And worship, sung worship within the vineyard, the priority of that has not changed over its lifetime. Expressing adoration and reverence towards God in song is one of our highest priorities. And we intentionally sing to God, not about him. Loving God in sung worship involves our hearts and our souls and our minds, and it can involve our strength as well. Worship includes how we demonstrate the posture of our heart. You know, you might think of worshiping God with your strength as what you do with your body, how you put it into action. It could be in a singing context that you raise your arms, you kneel, you lie on the floor and you dance. You know, we want you to feel free to express your worship to God, to demonstrate your heart posture towards him in a way that is natural to you. John Wimber, founder of the Vineyard Movement, said, Worship is not about personality, temperament, personal limitations, church background, or comfort. It is about God. So to worship, to come towards, to kiss in reverence and adoration is such a precious thing. And we as the church in, in the UK, we are given freedom to worship publicly, to worship in a place like this, to worship openly. Okay, there was a moment in 2020 where we were told we couldn't, rightly so, um, for those of us that were around and in churches then, 
Um, well, for me, to be back together, to be able to worship corporately, there was something very precious about being in the same room with people. To gather together. I think that to hear other people's voices, to sense the presence of God when we gather together is something very precious. Don't get me wrong, worshipping in our own homes is also really important. But when we gather and we express our adoration and reverence to God together, I think it's another level. And I think that's partly because Jesus said, recorded in Matthew 18, when two or more gather together, I will be amongst them. This is why I love Sundays. I love gathering together to worship. And I believe that worshipping as a community makes us different people. There is an overflow of worshipping and encountering the Spirit of God together. The overflow of that is that our lives are changed and it impacts those around us. We do not worship God in a vacuum, but in relationship. As I was waiting on the Lord on Monday, I had a picture. I don't normally have different colored strands of wool. Oh, I'll just stop touching them. Um, I had a picture of loads of strands of wool all floating around. It was quite a random picture. Um, and these, well, they were all different colors, different sizes, different lengths, different thicknesses, different patterns. And they were taken and they were tied together into a long long string like a new ball of wool was made um, but out of all of these different sorts of wool tied together and then they were being knitted into a beautiful jumper now my knitting doesn't quite stretch to a jumper so I knitted use your imagination a blanket for a mouse can I give you that for a moment so but doesn't it look nice like I'm it doesn't look quite so nice that side, but I'm, I was quite proud of my blanket for my mouse. Um, it's not quite the jumper in the picture that I had. Um, Joe, do you want to... In that tin is lots of bits of wool. Feel free to take one and pass the tin along so that everybody's got a piece. Um, you know, these bits of wool, each of them on their own, they've got potential. They could be created into something beautiful. But actually, it was only when I tied them all together and I began knitting could I make something of any worth. A blanket for a mouse. <laughs> Just imagine it's like a jumper to keep me warm at campfire worship tonight. Um, together, it made something beautiful. You'll have already joined the dots. You'd have worked out what I'm going to say. But this is the picture that I had that God gave me. You know, we are like all these different colored pieces of wool. We're different, diff we have different personalities, different likes, different dislikes, different um, heritage, different skin color. We're from different socioeconomic backgrounds. We are all different. But together, we create something beautiful, which is an expression of God's kingdom here on earth. It says in Revelation that all tribes and tongue and nation will bow down before Jesus and worship. If that's in heaven, why not now? As individuals, yes, we can worship God at home. We can love him with our everything. And that is wonderful and marvelous and really important. And we can come together to love God together. He can knit us together to be this local expression of the church 
of God, the family of God, expressing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. You know, as our country over the next few weeks mourns the loss of the queen, whenever we hear her talked about, if, whenever you turn the telly on, on any channel, whenever you hear her talked about, let's remember that she loved God with her everything. To her dying day, she served and she worshipped him. To love God with everything, to worship, is an invitation to worship him in service and in, in um, adoration. And it is a sacrifice. Just really quickly, re- remind your, re- rewind your brain to December last year when you might have heard the Christmas story talked about. Remember the Magi, the kings that came to see Jesus? They traveled for weeks. It required effort and intention and sacrifice. But they found him and they worshipped him. And he was just a little baby. There was nothing he could do for them, physically speaking. But they knew who he was, so they worshipped him. Again, John Wimber said this, A visitation of God's presence is a byproduct of worship. However, we don't worship in order to gain his presence. He is worthy to be worshipped whether or not he chooses to show up. We don't worship for what we can get out of it, but because God's nature is to bless, we cannot outgive the giver and he gives back to us. He gives of himself to us when we worship. So let's be a community of people that love God with our everything, that worship him, that worship him together. And if you are available this evening, come along to worship tonight because we are just going to spend time singing and encountering the presence of Jesus as we give him our worth. We worship. He is worthy to be worshipped whether he chooses to show up or not. But he will, I'm sure. Let's worship him with how we live our lives, just like the queen did. Let's also worship him through song, express our adoration and reverence to him. And as I say, because as we do that, as we love him with our everything, it will spill out into how we view and treat our world, how we see our neighbors and our family, how we spend our time, our money, our energy. We're going to worship now and then we will pray for one another.